everybody wants to be the unicorn. I think that we've sold this idea of like, everyone is a unicorn, everyone's a unicorn. But I think in reality, unicorns don't exist. And it's okay to have like your own superpower and really figure out the journey for yourself and who you are specifically. But you don't have to model that after something that someone else is doing. Because I feel like in our industry, especially as it relates to entrepreneurship and coaches, a lot of people are only telling the very glamorous side of the story of, hey, I'm making $500,000 a year or, and and honestly, I feel like they use that as a part of like their sales tactic. Like I'm not giving you the backstory so you can think that you will have $500,000 in a year as well. Not really talking about how they potentially are still working contracts for other business owners or how early on in their career, they potentially did something that they didn't love while they hustled. And that's one of the things I talked to, one of the things I talked to my clients about is if you really normalize the journey, it allows you to be in a position of sustainability. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, I'm trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years where I focused on marketing and branding strategy along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Welcome to another episode of Startup Marketing. I am genuinely excited for today's guest, Dr. Michaela Herndon. Dr. Michaela Herndon is a business and brand strategist who helps entrepreneurs monetize their influence and brand authority with magnetic video visibility by simply being themselves. After spending nearly a decade working in business and educational development for multi-million dollar institutions and startups, Michaela knows how authenticity and expertise drive conversion, five-figure launches, and sold-out events. And it's not following the social media algorithm. It's about connecting with clients on a human level and building rapport that speaks to the transformation clients desire to see in their lives. Michaela is one of my favorite Instagram accounts to follow because she always has great advice and posts that just really resonate with me as a new entrepreneur. And as I mentioned several times, her reels are hilarious. She is incredibly smart, and this conversation has been one of my favorites to date. It's full of honest, real talk that kind of just made me want to be best friends with her. So let's dive in. Hi, Michaela, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. This is a great opportunity. I love everything you're doing, so I'm so excited oh, to be able to share with you for a little bit. Thank you. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is you do. So I am a CEO reinvention strategist, which is a really cool way of saying I help women entrepreneurs reinvent the way they think about living their lives as entrepreneurs and successful CEOs, which is the female CEO, and really give them an opportunity to step into like a purpose that's profitable for them that allows them to create their own lane. Um, but I really started doing that years ago. I think early in my career, I started off as a teacher. I loved being in the classroom, but I quickly found that being in the classroom didn't pay you a lot. And I still had <laughs> tons of expenses coming out of college. So I started to pursue higher forms of education. And then I went into the community college sector where I was administrator in higher education. And I loved what I was doing, but I realized I was getting I was getting paid pretty well to bring in a ton of money. So I had a six-figure salary, but I also found that I was bringing in millions and millions of dollars. So I started to think how I could really transition what I was doing. 
And I started coaching one-on-one and then COVID broke out and I quickly shifted to the virtual space. So that's kind of Okay. So your business is relatively new then. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, When did you, so when did you actually like make the leap and move from corporate to your own? So I actually started my business three years ago, but for the virtual space, since I was really well known, because I'm in Dallas, I was really well known in Dallas and I knew a lot of people. I really was getting a lot of referrals through word of mouth. But then when COVID broke out, it was like, there's no more face to face. I literally jumped. I took the leap in March with like 400 followers. So it was kind of scary, but it's paying off. So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, that's that's a really... Awesome story. And I feel like we're going to get into how you have managed to like really grow your business and grow your following um, a little bit later on because you really um, kind of focus on the authenticity and showing up in video and, and stuff like that in a way that feels really authentic and meaningful to your followers. Um, which actually that's kind of how, how I found you. I think I might've, I think I might've found you actually before like reels came out. Cause I know you've talked a lot recently about how reels have like done a really amazing job of attracting followers and stuff for you, mm-hmm. which they're hilarious by the way. They're probably some of my favorite, <laughs> my favorite reels. My favorite one is the like, is it me, Jesus? The like anxiety yeah. one <laughs> that you did or I was like, yes, that is Every day, every day, I feel like I live that. (laughs) But you really, you just tell a very authentic story. And you said something a while back, actually, that resonated with me. And it's that as coaches and solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, that we need to normalize the journey. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of time you see a especially on Instagram with like coaches and stuff like that, it seems to be really prevalent to just kind of talk about like your most recent success. So like, you know, in your case, you don't do this, but to use your case as an example, other people tend to be like, Hey, since March, I've had this explosive growth when really like you had three years of grind before you got to the point that you're at. And so Can you kind of expand on the concept of normalizing the journey and how you model that in your own business and kind of the advice that you give your clients and the people that the CEOs that you work with to really help normalize that process for them? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think oftentimes we, everybody wants to be the unicorn. I think that we've sold this idea of like, everyone is a unicorn, everyone's a unicorn. But I think in reality, unicorns don't exist. And it's okay to have like your own superpower Mm -hmm. and really figure out the journey for yourself and who you are specifically. But you don't have to model that after something that someone else is doing. Because I feel like in our industry, especially as it relates to entrepreneurship and coaches, a lot of people are only telling the very glamorous side of the story of, hey, I'm making $500,000 a year or and and honestly I feel like they use that as a part of like their sales tactic like I'm not giving you the backstory so you can think that you will have five hundred thousand dollars in a year as well not really talking about how they potentially are still working contracts for other business owners or how early on in their career they potentially did something that they didn't love while they hustled and that's one of the things I talked to one of the things I talked to my clients about is if you really normalize the journey it allows you to be in a position of sustainability to whatever standards those are, because some of us have this idea of like, I'm going to achieve six figures, but what if making $60,000 a year is okay for you? What if making $35,000 is okay for you? In reality, it's about taking a step back to ask like, what are your goals? And then really creating processes so you can fall in love with entrepreneurship for what it looks like to you and not just the cookie cutter of everybody can be a boss, babe. And we run with it, you know, really figuring out what does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I used to listen to, uh, on my way to work, um, when I had my corporate job, I listened to this podcast called Girl Boss Radio with Sophia Amoruso. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with her at all, but she really, like, the intro to her podcast is kind of what 
challenged me and changed my my mind about kind of how I thought about things. And it's it's all about redefining success. And so her guests were all these women who, you know, some of them were entrepreneurs, some of them were executives at companies, but really their whole concept was redefining success. So it doesn't have to be just, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and and getting promoted and making your way up to the CEO of some major company or whatever that looks like in your industry, but that you could really redefine success to, to what works for you. So if it is $60,000 a year, and that's what allows you to live comfortably, pay your bills, do the fun things that you want to do, and and that makes you happy and it gives you the lifestyle that you want, like that's totally okay. You don't have to be making millions in a mansion with a fancy car to be successful. So I love, I love that concept. And I think sometimes it's hard to like keep that in sight because you see all the time, like the, that boss babe mentality and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that there's, like you said, there's a journey and there's a grind to get to that point if that's where you want to go, but it also doesn't have to be the end point. And I think sometimes we just kind of lose track of that because it's what's really glamorous right now on Instagram to put out into the world. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. That's so true. So you really focus on authentic engagement as part of your coaching. So that's something I'm really passionate about. I mean, my business name is Authentic Branding and Marketing because I, I truly believe, and I've seen it like in the, in the companies that I've worked with and the people that I work with, that when you approach your business and your life with this authenticity, it's it really, it just feels so much better and it's easier to attract the kind of success, whatever that success is defined as for you. It's much easier to attract it when you're being authentic and you're being true to yourself versus, you know, trying to just imitate what you see out there in the world. So tell us about what authenticity looks like for the women you coach and why you believe it's important. So I feel that authenticity is important because one, it is so hard to be somebody else. I feel yeah. like we will look at other entrepreneurs or even people in our nine to fives or whatever it may be. And we think that in order to get a seat at the table or reach the success we want, we have to model it, almost copy and paste it. When in reality, it's like, hey, what parts of this person's business actually align with who I am personally? And could I potentially use those same different um, strategies. So for example, if someone's doing reels, do reels feel authentic to me? Does showing up on stories feel authentic to me? Um, Does a certain graphic feel authentic? Whatever it may be, but really making it your own. But for most of us, especially now during the pandemic, people are looking for something real, something that they Mm -hmm. can attach to. And when you show up authentically as yourself, it allows your clients and people who also follow you to go on this journey of life with you. And they almost become what, Pat Flynn likes to consider to be the super fan where they are all in. And I told my clients that the reason why authenticity is important and authentic engagement is important is because everyone's not going to buy from you. There are going to be some people who will never purchase anything from you, but because of your authenticity, they may share and like and Mm -hmm. save every single thing you post. And that's not something monetary that you can add on your books of revenue, but that is something that is tangible that can create profits in your business because people actually love who you are as a person. So it's really important for me to tell my clients that showing up as as yourself makes the process easier because there are going to be days that you don't want to get on live. There are going to be days that you don't want to post and you don't want to do anything. But if you know, like I only have to show up and be myself for 30 minutes or only have to engage for 30 minutes as myself, it makes it a lot easier than you showing up and trying to figure out, well, who I'm, who am I, or who do I have to be today to do this work? It gives you more of a realistic goal. And then it gives you more motivation to continue to just show up as yourself because you can, your clients are looking for you to be you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that all the time. And one of the things that I think is really 
kind of a silver lining of the whole pandemic. And I've talked about this a lot in some of with other marketers in a lot of the the groups that I'm in is at the very least, like it's humanized all of us. So there isn't like this pressure necessarily anymore to show up even for even for big corporate brands to like show up and be absolutely perfect all the time because it's exhausting and there's no way, you know, if that's kind of the mentality that you go in like to creating content with or whatever it is that you have to do that day. Like it just creates so much pressure and you're, you're right. It's just so demotivating to feel like you have to pretend to be somebody else versus just showing up authentically. And like the nice thing about being at home <clears throat> during the pandemic is like everybody kind of understands that like you're a real human now and you've got a lot going on like your house is a mess in the background of your zoom calls or like you've got kids who pop in and out and like ask you questions or whatever's going on and i think it's been really nice just to humanize all of us so i think if there's one thing i'm taking out of this year is to continue um, preaching that to the, the people that I work with and really just reminding them that that authenticity, right. Just creates, it's how you connect with people. It's what makes it, what's make, it makes things resonate with them, you know, and I, I've done exactly what you're talking about. I've connected with women where maybe their products or services aren't right for me, but when I knew somebody else who was looking and I thought it would be a good fit, I've absolutely referred them on just because I'm like, oh, I really, I enjoy you on social media. And I think that you might be a good fit for these people. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you this idea of authenticity that you promote, I think really comes through in your reels, which I talked about briefly. So what advice do you have for women who are struggling to show up authentically in their videos, in their social media, in their business? What would you say? The one thing I had to realize was that I am always my own worst critic. And I told my clients this too, because sometimes they'll post a video and they're like, that was horrible. And I'm like, oh, that was a really good live. But oftentimes we have to remove the biases we have about ourselves. So I used to hate showing up on video because I feel like when I get really excited, one of my eyes looks smaller. Oh my gosh. I had the same thought the other day too. And it's, it's probably a very real thing. But then I started to realize how many people are really staring at the computer like, oh my gosh, one of Michaela's eyes is a little bit smaller. That is the weirdest thing in the world. Or are they really paying attention to the content that I'm promoting? So I always tell right. my clients, you know, first of all, think about like, who do you want to be? And I say, we do something called visualization where they find someone, an entrepreneur, a role model, famous celebrity, whoever, and they model themselves. And I say like, what characteristics does that person have that you also have? Mm -hmm. So they can really start to visualize themselves as that person that they want to be. And then I, I give them specific questions and points to go over in their lives. Cause I oftentimes think people feel like, okay, this is live. It has to be super authentic, but that doesn't yeah. mean that you aren't strategic or prepared when you get on the live. You should yeah. have questions that you're answering. You should have a direction for the video. If you're pitching or you're doing um, a tactic or whatever it may be in that video, you should really have questions that outline that you're answering. So you're literally going down the outline and that allows you to be more comfortable and authentic. So sometimes people feel that by following and, and it's not following a, a script so much it's really having your thoughts already planned out before yeah. you jump on the live and then you're pulling from those thoughts so that way you can continue to show up authentically because when you're on video and i remember when i first got on lives it would only be like two or three people on and i'm like man i must really suck today nobody's watching but in reality for my audience at that time one to two people getting on that live was really the engagement percentage that I should have been getting for 400 followers or 500 followers. So I tell my clients all the time, like if you only have 200 followers, but you have 40 or 50 people watching your lives, that's really good because you're at a 25 right. engagement rate. So really start to think of it from a, a strategic point and don't be biased against yourself and just prepare yourself to show up on the live in the best way possible. And it makes you more comfortable because the more you do them, the better you'll get them. So I always say, you know, the old mantra of practice makes perfect mm -hmm. applies to social media and your business too. Yeah, absolutely. And to be clear, I didn't think one of your eyes looked smaller. 
I filmed a video (laughs) that I had to turn into somebody to promote a course that I'm doing. And the whole, every time I watched the playback, it was like, oh my God. So I'm soaking in a little bit of that advice too. Eventually I just got over it and sent it in because I was like, I can't change it. But um, no, I, I think that's really great advice. And I think just being a little bit prepared even and thinking about, okay, what are the key points that I need to hit here? What am I, what am I trying to get across? Who, who do I hope listens to this and like takes an action off of it is just something that kind of helps you feel a little bit more comfortable and makes you a lot more confident. Like the more times you do it and the more times you feel successful. And I think, again, I love the advice of thinking about, um, your success rate in terms of like, where am I at now? And, and what is that percentage and things like that? Because again, I think sometimes you look at people who've got thousands and thousands of followers when you're starting out, you know, and I've, fall into this trap all the time. I don't, I, I look at it and I go, man, you know, my Instagram following isn't as big as I want it to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but there are other channels that I have a much higher following on and I get better engagement and things out of, and you just kind of have to put it into perspective and really think like, what, what is success for me right now? And kind of continue continue on, um, and just continue that practice. Sorry. I got distracted. Speaking of things not being perfect, I said, trying to ask me questions. Um, so when you talk about a magnetic influence, because that's something that you mention a lot, um, you know, on your website, as you're talking, um, in your content and things like that, this magnetic influence as part of your clients' reinventions. What, what is that? And how can other women who are listening harness theirs and really try to make it work for them? Yeah. So magnetic influence is really the ability to be able to attract the clients that you want through two main things um, and then an offer. So the first thing is one, what exactly is your message? How do you want to present information to them? Like, so for example, one of the things we talk about is, do you want to attract them on social media like Instagram or Facebook or or is your audience on LinkedIn? May they be somewhere like Slack or another channel? Mm -hmm. Really figuring out like what message do you want to convey and where do you find them at? Because oftentimes many entrepreneurs are looking at Well, hey, if I only have 800 followers here, then that can't be my audience. But in reality, if you have an audience and it's like 70 to 80% ideal clients, once you start getting to very high ticket services, you don't have to sell a million people on one ebook, right? You're thinking of like, what exactly am I offering? So really going in and asking yourself, what is the message you want to present? And I told them all the time, the message has to be comfortable. So when, what what parts of your story do you plan to share? I have some clients who are divorced and they're like, well, I don't want to share that part of my story. I want to share another part. Okay, great. What are we sharing from that part of your story? Because transparency is important to a certain level that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You don't have to give people all the nitty gritty, but it does allow people to say like, oh my gosh, I've been in the exact same situation. And if this person has been able to overcome that, or if they now have experience in that, then they now start to see real human connections. So really what is the message? The next thing is you have to get very clear on who you are. So titles, I always say that titles really don't matter so much. So for me specifically, my title is not one that very many people have, but I do it from a branding standpoint. Because when people say like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of CEO reinvention strategist. The only person I know who's that person is Michaela. So yeah. I do it from a branding perspective. That's, I'm very clear on who I am and who I want to be. So I, I, I ask them like, who exactly do you want to be? Do you want to be the best friend that wants your clients to win? Do you want to be more of the authority that has expert industry knowledge and they know how to do everything? Are you the go-to person in the industry? Do you want to be more of like the big brother big sister what exactly is your position and get very clear on who you are and once they know those two things like i'm clear on who i am as a person i'm clear on the expertise i have and i know exactly what type of messaging i want to use to attract those clients then they can become what i consider to be magnetic in their influence because now they have an offer that is going to create transformation that their clients want to see so it's really not just putting things out there because my clients within the first month of us working together do a 
lot of market research because I'm like, if you spend the time doing the market research, you will save a lot of time on the back end, reintroducing all of these new things that you want to do. Yeah. Really take the time to normalize the process of doing the research, normalize that process of the journey. So that way, when you're presenting an offer and you're showing up on these lives and you're showing up on your stories or in your graphics, you are now magnetic because one, you're showing up in that authority, but you're showing up in it very clear. You have a really strong message and the concept that you're offering is going to bring that transformation. So I always tell women who want to be magnetic, really find those things that people love about you and you love about yourself that you want to promote so you can show up in your power, get really clear on what that messaging looks like. So then once you pull that offer out, you'll have people naturally coming to you to say, oh my gosh, I, I need this transformation. I can see these results. I can hear it in their voice because people can hear if you're really confident about something. Um, I talk to my clients about pricing too. When they tell me their price the first time, I'm like, well, we're not going to do that price. We'll meet in the middle because I want them to be comfortable with mm -hmm. increasing their prices. I want them to be comfortable with what they're offering. But I always tell them like, if you're not comfortable, people can tell that you're not comfortable. So really do that work in the beginning. So that way when you're showing up on those lives and you're showing up in other places, you now have that authority because people can hear it in your voice. So that's how I yeah. have my clients kind of create that magnetic influence. So you're really, you're kind of preaching a lot of the same things that I like to, to talk about and, and that I really believe in. And that's that you have to have a very clear idea of who you are as a brand. Now, as an entrepreneur, I think it, it really kind of dovetails into what you're saying. You know, you're talking about knowing who you are and your kind of personal, um, your personal brand also kind of parlaying into then what is that um, message that you're putting out, that offer that you're putting out into the world. And I think that's something that it's, I know it's been hard for me um, you know, even as somebody who really knows branding and understands why it's important and how powerful it is and, and all of the things that you're talking about, I think as entrepreneurs though, sometimes it's hard to kind of make that transition because there's a lot of vulnerability that has to happen that you don't, you don't necessarily have to have when you're working in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very different. And it's, sometimes it's a really hard transition. And I think, you know, even for myself, like I still struggle a lot sometimes with just figuring out, you know, where I'm comfortable and what parts of my story am I comfortable sharing? Um, you know, sometimes I get caught up in, and I overthink it because I have, I have a lot of really amazing people from my corporate job that follow me and support me. But the reality is I was laid off from that job and it was really hard. And it still is hard some days to kind of think about like those relationships being severed so suddenly, like not on my own terms. And I struggle sometimes with wanting to share how motivating that is to kind of also prove that like I... I have more to offer than I did kind of in that, in that corporate setting. And I struggle sometimes because, you know, they're watching and you, you kind of start overthinking it and like, are they going to, are they going to be offended? Is this going to come back on me? So I, I love what you're talking about in terms of like identifying what parts of your stories you're comfortable sharing, because I don't also, I don't believe you have to be like a totally open book and like reveal your deepest, darkest secrets every day <laughs> on social media to show up authentically. And that magnetic influence is really, it's key to being successful because that's what makes other people relate to you and what pulls them in. Right. But I think part of that, like it does take some time to figure it out and get comfortable with it because it's much different as an entrepreneur than it is if you're making the switch from corporate to, to your own business. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's easy and it's tempting to fall into that boss babe 
mentality and that success. But something you said, like kind of on our on our intro call that really resonated with me was that you look for people who are creating their own lane. Mm-hmm. And tell me, tell me why that is and what you would say to someone who's looking around Instagram and trying to figure out where they fit in. You know, I think part of this kind of dovetails into that market research that you were doing, but that would be, that'd be how I would approach it. How would, how would you tell somebody to find their own lane and identify it and stick with it? So for people who are looking to find their own lane, I often say, and I even tell my clients this, like do not get on social media before they post lives or do lives or anything like that. And the reason why is because there's so much influence out there to do the bare minimum and reap a lot. Or like, if you're very, very pretty or you fit into this stereotype of what um, a boss babe looks like, then you could easily sell courses and easily get things done. And we see it happen. Um, But then also we see a few of those people fall from grace because they don't have a sustainable business model and they don't really know how to attract people long-term. So I tell my clients and I tell people who are interested in really becoming an entrepreneur to sit down and ask yourself, like, what do you want to do with your life? It doesn't matter if anybody else is doing it. It doesn't matter if someone else, you know, if you want to do bread, there are like thousands of bread companies and no one's stopping them from selling bread. But really think like, what do you want to do for yourself? Like think through your life. What can you do right now? Um, Do you have children? Do you not have children? Do you have to help your family? Whatever it may be, what is your most abundant day? If I could wake up and have the perfect day in my life, what do you want that to look like? And then what do you want that to look like from a revenue standpoint? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to work in your nine to five and have a side hustle? Do you want to just be a part-time entrepreneur and not have a nine to five, you know, really live a minimalism type lifestyle, whatever it may be, really think through what do you want to do for revenue and then start to carve out that lane with clients that you would love to work with. I often call it the bestie that buys that if you could pick a best friend client and they would purchase from you, what would their life be like? And really starting to create what that model. Now, there are going to be things, there's nothing new under the sun. So some of the things will look alike, right? Everybody may use Instagram. Everybody may use Facebook. Everybody may use LinkedIn or whatever's out there right now. TikTok, people may use it and you may use it in your own way, but really defining that for yourself and not saying like, oh my gosh, this person has an amazing house. I'm going to do exactly what they're doing because they have an amazing house. But really stepping back to say like, if I don't even want that house, like, do I just want a three bedroom house? Like that is completely cool with me. You know, like really taking a step back to see like, what do you want? And then creating that lane for yourself. Because what happens is when you're able to create that lane for yourself, it creates a long-term sustainability and it allows you to scale your business up at some point. But when you don't create your own lane, you get stuck in this box and you have to keep showing up in that way. So once you're able to figure out like, hey, I want to be someone, if I'm a business coach, I talk about this, if I'm a business coach, if I'm a reinvention strategist, if I'm a mindset coach, there are three things coming into business that I care most about because I thought that my ideal woman was someone who was working a nine to five, who was particularly probably going to be a mom or wanting to be a mom, um, who wanted to have their own financial stability just in case husband came or husband didn't come or did work out or didn't work out really being able to say like, I have this financial freedom to provide for myself in a way that I don't have to rely on anybody else. I don't have to rely on the stock market or whatever, or my job really creating that lane and saying like, Hey, I may not be um, like the slimmest girl, or I may be the slimmest girl, or I may have the longest hair, but I may not have the longest hair. I don't have to look like anybody else. I don't have to fit this perfect mold. I'm going to show up as myself with a button sometimes or whatever it may be. And then saying like, hey, how do I make that impact in the entrepreneurial world when I'm able to create transformation? So I tell my clients all the time when they do an application, if one of the questions is how, like, why did you find me or how did you find me? And if people are like, oh my gosh, I heard you made a lot of money on Instagram. I like completely decline them. Like I will not work with them. And the reason why is because I want to work with people who care about having an impact on people's lives. And then the monetary part comes because you care about making the impact. When you often chase the money, um, you get lost and you'll chase whatever trend pops up in the entrepreneurial world. But when you chase the impact of saying, I may not make five figure months for a whole year, but Hey, I made $2,000 or I started off making a hundred dollars a month and it started to grow into something great. Then that allows you to create your own lane. I mean, it really allows you to live in a a place of, 
you know, where limiting beliefs don't bother you as much. And the financial reward is something that you love. And you're able to really care more about the client's experience than just, oh my gosh, I got $2,000 for working with them, you know, really focusing on the impact. So that's why I always say that when you want to create your own lane, figure out what you want for yourself long-term in, in the day-to-day. What do you want to wake up and let your perfect life be like? Yeah, it really, it really comes down to just that authenticity and that normalizing the journey. Like, when you create your own lane and you do it authentically, like sometimes that journey takes longer and that's, that's a hundred percent. Okay. And I think that's something that's really hard to remember when you, when you kind of watch everybody else around you and you see people have like crazy growth or, you know, just know that sometimes there's, Oftentimes there's a story and, and a longer process behind that moment Mm -hmm. that only came most of the time there, there are unicorns sometimes, but like you said, usually they don't, they don't last very long when, when that success comes and it sustains success. It's because you were there and you showed up authentically and you added value where you could add value and and you didn't worry about copying everybody else and you didn't worry about achieving somebody else's standard of success like you measured yourself by your own standards and that's where the growth comes from but also mm-hmm. i think the it's where the biggest reward comes from too right like i feel mm-hmm. more fulfilled on a daily basis when even on the days when my when like it feels like it's a struggle or things are slower or they're not going the way that I want them to go or that I pictured them going at this point, I still feel better when I've showed up authentically and I'm, I'm doing exactly what I believe in versus when I look around and I go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend to be like Jenna Kutcher today or Amy Porterfield or whoever the other like marketing mavens are in the world. So I think that's, again, it just goes back to normalizing that journey. And I'm so, I'm so happy to have people out there who, who speak that truth and who put it out there because it's not done often enough. I don't think anyway. Yeah. So you really focus on helping your clients launch their businesses with influence Tell me, tell me about that. And how do you teach them to make that impact that you're talking about with their own clients? What is that process like for them? So when I talk to my clients about launching their business with influence, I say that every time is not like the perfect time to launch. So a lot of times people think that if you put out more products that more people will buy, right? If I put out 10 things, then more people will buy. But one of the things I'm told my clients, and I think I started saying this about three years ago, is that if it was really about the money, like, right, like, because sometimes I think it's always like a money objection. I'm like, but if it was really about the money, then if you put things out for free, then everybody would download them. All these people would have these different things. All of these people would take your workshop, but people still aren't taking them. And the reason why is because you don't have the influence that encourages them to buy something from you or to attend something that you have. So I'll always go through a process with them first. Let's take about a month to really drill in on who you want to impact, why you want to impact them. And most importantly, like start to engage with them and sometimes engage with them because you you actually like their content. Like, don't just follow people because you want to follow back because sometimes it's really like, oh my gosh, this is super amazing. Like I love these tips because you can also learn stuff from the people that you plan to coach because it should be a mutually transformational process that by coaching you, I'm now learning new things about the clients that I want to serve. But by me being your coach, you're now reaching new heights too. So we go through what I consider to be a, a niche profitability cycle where when my clients are ready to launch, we really take four to six weeks before they put anything out because they're going in and they're making that engagement. They're thinking through what that offers. Like, you know, a lot of things people don't talk about is market sophistication. What is, how sophisticated is your market, right? Because if everybody's a coach, we're all selling the same thing. How do I have to speak to my client in a way that's going to say, oh no, they know exactly what I need and I need it from them. Um, Because if I come out, like I talked about earlier, if I come out with a loaf of bread and I put it on the shelf, people are going to say like, oh, that bread is new, but 
I don't want to buy it. Well, I'm not influenced to buy from it. I don't see any difference in what right. that bread looks just like the, the bread I'm already buying. I'm going to stick with what I know. So really allowing them to go through that cycle of starting with that engagement, starting with that magnetism and clarifying that message, then coming in and showing up in a way that's consistent. So people are like, hey, and the reason why I love video visibility is because you can't fake who you are on video long-term. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard to be fake on video long-term. <laughs> so when they start to see like you're the same person on lives, your lives are really good. Your stories are really good. Your content is matching all of that. Then what it allows you to, to do is build that influence that speaks to them in a way that builds that rapport. It builds that trust. Us. And then now you can put off, put out an offer that doesn't feel salesy. I know some people go back and forth with whether or not you should be salesy. And I'll be honest, I'm not the greatest salesperson. I worked at Enterprise in a car for, rent a car for a summer, and I can prove that I was not a salesperson. <laughs> but I am. I am really good at creating connections with people. So yeah. when it's time for me to make my pitch, it doesn't feel like I'm like, oh my gosh, you should really buy this because you need it. No, it's more of like, hey, you know what? I see the transformations that you're trying to make and let me show you how I can do that. Let me show you how I can help you do that. And I tell my clients to do the same thing. But when I'm doing that, I am not looking at um, revenue goals. I don't right. go in and say, okay, I got to sign five people in my program so I can meet my goal. I really go in and ask myself, like, how do I want to make an impact and how many clients do I want to impact? And I care more about, hey, I can sustainably impact five people really well. Could I potentially get 10? Yeah, I could. But let me focus more on five people in this program really well. So then that way I can continue to have a really strong influence, have great testimonials from people working with me. Yeah. And then that allows me to have that influence of social proof um, so I can continue to impact clients. And I teach my clients to do the exact same thing. Like, hey, take a step back and think about this. These are real people who need real results. And mm -hmm. if you don't focus on influencing them and making that impact, then the opposite is going to happen. You're going to sell these programs and no one's going to change. And then you're going to be out of business. Yeah. I think that's really, I think that's really great advice because sometimes, especially when you're first starting out, like your instinct is just get as many people as possible because you feel like you've, you know, you've got to start making money and you've got, you know, like you have real tangible things that have to happen, you know, to be able to continue being in your business, you know, unless you're, unless you're one of the lucky people who can not make any money for the foreseeable future and be fine. But I think it's, I think it's really important to remember like impacting a handful of people really well goes a lot further than, you know, selling people like, eh, and, and you have 10 people who are like, yeah, mm, it was okay. It was, it was fine, but they wouldn't like give you that referral and say like, you have to try this. It's going to change you or your business or whatever. It's really going to be a transformational experience. So I think that's really, it's important to learn or to not to learn. It's important to hear and kind of keep in your head as you're starting out because otherwise you, you really start to panic a little bit that like you've got to do more, but having a really powerful engagement is better than that kind of weaker, weaker side of things. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, I just, just had a thought and it popped out of my head. Um, all right. So transitioning just a little. You also have a book available that's called Own the Microphone, where you teach experts how to incorporate professional speaking into their lives. And experts being, you know, really kind of anybody who has something that they are, that they would consider themselves an expert on. So if it were me, for example, like I, I know marketing and I know branding. So I like to break down concepts that listeners who, if they're entrepreneurs or small businesses, if they're listening, can use to help grow or scale their business. And it isn't one, public speaking isn't one that comes up very often. But some of the smartest people that I know that I've watched are doing it and are using it to scale and grow their businesses faster. They're not necessarily talking about it in that way but they're using it and it's very successful. So tell us a little bit about the why and how behind, behind that book and that concept. So 
there was um, a lady who actually contacted me and we talked about um, on the microphone. And one of the things um, people oftentimes thought like their story shouldn't be told. So there was this idea of like, hey, my story is really not that interesting. I shouldn't tell it. And I'm like, hmm. Well, in reality, what if there are multiple people who really want to be able to own their voices or use public speaking as a way to create an impact in their business, really allow them like to scale their business faster through because I even think podcasting is like the newest form of public speaking. We don't think of it in that way, but it really is because what it allows people to do is really hear more of those experiences and those connections in a way that relates to different uh, a diversity of people not everybody's going to be very textbook and i think now the conversation of diversity is like in everybody's face but really how can i think about the way in which i could connect with my audience on a personal scale so like if i'm a mom what are some mom stories i can tell you know if i'm a person who has a doctorate degree what doctorate stories can i tell mm -hmm. and really allowing that to be a way to build connection in the way where people can hear you publicly speak about it, but in a way that is allowing you to own what your microphone and what your own voice would look like. Because when we put out graphics and when we put out just really small things that people oftentimes only look at the colors and the brand image, mm -hmm. they don't really think about, hey, a, a big part behind that brand strategy is what is your brand message? What message is your brand? Yeah you know, putting out to people, because if I only see your pictures on social media in a few captions, and I only really see um, really face value things, I don't know if you bought a caption creator and this is someone else's voice, you know, like, right. but when you speak publicly about those parts of your story, it allows you to own your own microphone in a way that allows you to build true authentic connections that um, pull on really the heartstrings of who your clients could potentially be. Um, and in a way where people feel like, hey, this coach really cares about me as a person. Mm -hmm. um, this person really values who I am and really cares about the transformation I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going to make. So I often say that when you want to own your own microphone, take a step back and ask yourself, like, what, who are you to your client and what parts of those connections can you build and how can you use your voice publicly through a podcast or through lives or through events um, in the community or virtually now in the pandemic where you can make make those connections so people see you on level as a person and not yeah. so much of this title of a coach yeah absolutely i i sat through a webinar recently that had kind of a very similar theme theme to this which is you know you you have something you have a story that somebody can Somebody will find relatable, especially if you're selling a product or a service. And so getting out in front of them and, you know, finding places where they're already going, where you can speak to them and there are lots of them there, that it's a really powerful way that you can, you can grow and you can scale. And, and I think too, it's, it's really empowering to you as the person doing it because you, you put that out there. And I had it, you know, when I was starting my business, my business coach used to say like, you don't need to know everything. You just need to be a couple steps ahead. And that's enough to add value to the people that you're speaking to, you know? So if you go into and you go out there and, and you, you are a guest on a podcast or you speak at um, a workshop or something like that, you don't have to, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more so that you can add value to the people that you're speaking to. And it's going to really reinforce your brand. And, and when you're doing it in a way that's relatable and you feel, you know, you're humanized to those people, um, it just creates those stronger connections, those more authentic connections. And that's kind of what, again, starts to attract that, those people to you, those, the ones that want to work with you because they understand they, they got the value from you and they understand and they can relate to you and they can relate to your story. And so I think it's just a really powerful way that sometimes we, we forget or is kind of glossed over, um, because there's kind of the, the shiny object syndrome of social media a little bit. So I love that. And I tell, I tell people to use that all the time. So I'm excited, excited to hear somebody else talk about it too. 
I have one more, I have one more question that just kind of popped into my head. So as you, as I listen to you talk and I feel like it's just been really cathartic to like, listen to you kind of answer these questions today. You've had so many amazing things to say that I'm just like, yes, like this is, this is the journey that I'm on. This is a journey that a lot of my friends are on and I'm lucky to kind of have that, that community, but there's something, there's still doubt sometimes that creeps in and there's still that, that feeling of the, like that imposter syndrome that kind of creeps in. Do you work with a lot of clients that have kind of that imposter syndrome and don't feel worthy of it? And what do you say to them to kind of get them out of that space? How do you overcome it? Yeah, I do. I actually used to struggle with imposter syndrome, anxiety. I still have a little bit of anxiety. I think everybody does right now. Um, But I definitely had a ton of limiting beliefs that I had to handle and and deal with for myself. And I I always address mindset in our first session with my clients, uh, whether it's one-on-one or in a group model. And the reason why I do this is because it is easier to deal with it up front than allow you to get to a higher place in your business. And then we're trying to like pull like a harder monster off a mountain. So we really go in and, and one, we, we talk about, you know, limiting beliefs as it relates to your personal life, your professional life, but then also your, your money mindset, because the way in which you think about money can also deter you a little bit as you have to show up and you'll start to self-sabotage. So one of the things that we do is we uh, do scripting. So I have them write out what all of their goals are and what all of the things they are, they want for their life in present tense, but they're all future goals. So if one of my clients is like, Hey, I want to be a retired teacher at 45 and they're only 36. We, we write that down. Like, Hey, I am a retired teacher. I am making $50,000 a year, whatever their goals, their goals are. We script them in present tense so they can start to manifest because the subconscious mind is only going to let you do so much. So we really focus on a programming positivity. So then they'll want to exert positive things in their life. Um, We also really deal head on with, you know, speaking to what that specific limiting belief is. I think affirmations are great. But if it is not the affirmation or the issue that you're struggling with, it is not going to serve you. So if I hear a lot of times people say like, oh my gosh, I am enough. I am worthy. But if you're not really struggling with being worthy and you're struggling more with, I don't like the way my face looks, or, you know, if there are specific things that you're struggling with, you have to talk to those specifically so you can get over what that imposter syndrome is and really allow yourself to show up in a way where you're now using I am statements to say, you know, like I am valuable. I am worthy. I am beautiful. I am making my own lane. I am creating the life I want to live. So we always use I am statements and we focus on wins every single time we meet because oftentimes we don't think we're winning and we don't think we're showing up for ourselves because we're only looking for the really big things that society cares about. Like, oh my gosh, you're a millionaire. That's amazing. But think about, hey, you as an entrepreneur were able to create $10,000 in a year on your own. There are people who are not even making $10,000 in their business. And then you're now thinking about how am I winning for myself in a way? Um, where one of my clients said the other day, like, oh my gosh, I made a payment and it felt like a lot easier. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is such a major win. And she's like, how? I'm like, a year ago, you talked about how making this payment was tough for you. Um, whatever it was that was going on specifically in her life. I'm like, the fact that you can do that with ease now is a win that you don't think about, but it's a win for you. So really focusing on like those small wins, because every one of those small wins are the process that leads up to the big win that everybody celebrates. But we should be celebrating all the small things in between as well, because mastering the process allows you to reach the goal. So I really tell my clients all the time, like, it's about who are you truly, right? Who were you called to be in this lifetime? And then if you're a religious person, attaching that to your religious beliefs, whatever those may be, but then also speaking those out loud to yourself every morning. So you're putting that out in the atmosphere. So positive things, because Rough things are going to happen for everybody, but really allowing your mindset to be in a place where you're able to recover when something hits you. And it's not like I had a bad day or I had a bad week or I had a bad month. 
really saying like, hey, I had a bad moment, but I've also had great moments this month too. So it's a process. We all have to go through it. But I always say that that's part of the journey too. Um, even now as an entrepreneur who's doing pretty well, I still struggle with self-worth issues and I, and I struggle with them because of things that happened to me as a kid. So I have to wake up every day and say, no, Michaela, this is who Michaela really is. Um, so really normalizing like, hey, if you are a two-figure entrepreneur or a seven-figure entrepreneur, if you are still struggling with um, self-worth issues or imposter syndrome or limiting beliefs, guess what? That's normal. But how can you put a process in place where you're able to deal with it every single day and not look at it as like this grand issue of it has to be gone forever, but like, how can I get through every single day? Mm. I love that. I when you're when you're talking about that process, I never thought of like putting a process in place to kind of battle it. You know, you just kind of um, I don't know. I didn't have any. I don't have any plan. And I think a lot of I think a lot of women, especially as entrepreneurs, probably don't have a plan. But when you were talking about kind of like these small wins, it reminded me when I was in the corporate world and I took. Um, long before I became a manager of people and things like that, I took a course um, and they talked about the slight edge. And so this was just for like your professional, um, your professional accomplishments, but the slight edge being those small wins that happen every single day. And, you know, the example that they kind of gave is that, you know, in baseball, um, a really amazing batting average is only like a tenth of a point higher than somebody who has like an average batting average. I don't know if that's a thing. Don't quote me on baseball terminology. This is horrible. It's been a long time since I've used the baseball part of that analogy. But their point was, you know, it's not these gigantic leaps. It's not going from not being able to pay that bill on time and feel good about it to being a millionaire. It is kind of that small baby step. And so I never, like, it's a concept I used professionally to look at and feel good about the things that I was accomplishing as like a worker bee, but I never actually thought about putting it in terms of like combating and and getting past some of that imposter syndrome. So I like, I think that's probably the coolest way I've heard to get past it, put into, put into words and because I feel like it's actionable. So thank you. Um, okay. So you have several products listeners can purchase. Um, tell us a little bit about those. Where can they find them? How can they connect with you? Go ahead and plug away. Yeah, so I have um, three different books on Amazon. If you just search Dr. Michaela Herndon, they'll pop up. But one is a journal about like, I am enough. I created that because I was really struggling with that myself. And I made the journal for myself and all my friends were like, oh, I want a copy. And I was like, okay, I should sell this. So I put that on Amazon. I also have another one about living in your purpose. And on the microphone is also on there. But right now, um, my next mastermind is actually called the magnetic ceo and it's really created for women entrepreneurs who want to learn how to step fully into who they are and showing up authentically and completely unapologetically on social media or in their business in the way that best serves them so they can attract the clients that they want long term and really create their own lane in their business and in their life and i often say the beauty of that is once you create it then you can start to see the increases in your bank account which we all naturally love but really having what i consider to be the best backup plan, that's the main plan, that if you're going to stay in your nine to five, great. But really, how do you start to think about, do you want your kids to go to college? College is going to be like a million dollars. No, don't remind me. But, but you know, like, do you want your kids to go to college? Do you want to be able to retire your parents early? Do you want to be able to vacation on your own? Whatever it may be, just really allowing you to figure out what that is so you can show up magnetically in your life. So I'm actually going to the wait list for that is on my uh, social media page, which is all my social media pages are Dr. Michaela Herndon, uh, but the link is on my social media page. And I'm going to be starting the process of opening up the mastermind probably within the next month or so, because I think I'm going to launch it um, mid-February. 
February. I don't ever launch back to back. So I just finished up the reinvention mastermind for CEOs who wanted to create a high ticket coaching program. So I'm going to hang out with those ladies for a while and then I'll launch the magnetic CEO. But I am taking ladies right now. I have a few on the wait list, but I really, so many people were like, you literally blew up on social media. And I'm like, it looks that way, but I was doing a lot of behind the scenes work and people started to ask me what that process was like. So I was like, okay, sure. I'll create a mastermind for you all. So everybody can now be as magnetic as they want to be. Um, and I also tell my clients, I love teaching you everything because I feel like you should outgrow me. At some point, you shouldn't always mm. need Michaela. You should be like, oh my gosh, me and Michaela are now on the same level. We're now growing um, at great strides. So I love yeah. that. I love that. Those sound, it sounds amazing. So I know, I know what I'm putting on my list of things to look at and, and do in 2021. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Like truly just so much of what you said really just resonated with me on a personal level. And I know that it will for my listeners as well. And so I just really appreciate you taking the time, especially in between <laughs> back to, or, you know, not back to back masterminds, but in the process of, you know, wrapping up one and moving on to the other. Um, so genuinely, I just, I appreciate this conversation. It was really amazing. Probably one of my favorites. So thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I'm so, like I said, I'm so thankful that you um, allowed me to be here. All right. I hope you love that conversation as much as I did. Like I said, Michaela always has tons of great advice and I especially love her idea of normalizing the journey for entrepreneurs. We're bombarded with unicorn success stories on social media all the time, but I want you to know, and this is as much of a reminder for me as it is for you, but instantaneous success isn't where any of us started. So keep putting in the work and knowing that it will pay off. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other women like you find this podcast.